You know Clicky Clack. Everybody shut up now. Hello, my an- <coughs> Flem, right off the bat. God damn it. Hello, my anaerobic tallywhackers. This is your oxygen-deprived Oscar Mayer host, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, and his gasping-for-air cheesy doodle cast, Beware the Hairy Mango. It's the May 30th show. It's also episode number 333, the number of the beast with half a back. Today's story is all about making the best of a bad thing, even if that thing happens to be the apocalypse. If your apocalypse leads to the destruction of the soup Nazi, it might be worth it, so all of you can finally have some soup, world. Soup World by Matthew Sanborn Smith. Well, all the waters rose and Earth became Water World for real. Only Kevin Costner had drowned a while ago. I'm not celebrating that, I'm merely stating a fact. But here's a rather important thing that his movie hadn't considered. Nearly every bit of food that existed was also underwater. And the temperature of the warmed up world ocean was slow cooking all of it. So in fact, we didn't exactly have Water World going on here. We had Soup World. Yeah, I know there was cow manure and dead people and any number of 12 times grosser than that things in that soup, but we finally had food for everyone, evenly distributed, and you're always looking at the negatives. The seawater made it a little too salty, but back in the dry times, our favorite soups had always been high in sodium. And really, in this post-apocalyptic Cypress Gardens, populated by bloodthirsty gangs of water skiers, high blood pressure got pushed way down on the list of things that would most likely kill you. Tomorrow morning, you might wake up with a necklace made of whirring chainsaw blade in your own blood, so enjoy some soup today, you whiners. Outside of death around every corner, if you didn't have a job to go to and got all the soup you could want, life was pretty good. There was this one lady named Wanda who tried to dominate the planet by creating a factory that made soup crackers. I say she tried, but she pretty much succeeded. Everyone who wanted a cracker that wasn't already waterlogged or soup logged had to go begging to Wanda. There were some soup problems that came about because there was no master chef behind it all. Sometimes you'd dip your spoon into the world soup and come up with an entire sperm whale. It's not like anyone was hiding in a divine kitchen somewhere slicing up vegetables or the world's largest mammals or anything. So you've got this entire whale on your spoon and you can't fit that in your mouth. You try to take one bite out of it and your nose smushes into the whale and you unbalance it. It falls off the spoon with the splash of the gods and now you've got soup all over you. Man, this global warming was some bullshit. The world's tectonic plates were now obsolete as plates were the worst possible way to contain soup. Over time, they buckled under the softening power of the soup above and became tectonic bowls, causing massive soup quakes when they rubbed each other the wrong way, which of course led to soup nommies. Yes, it was sad to see entire families clinging for dear life to a floating chunk of celery in the aftermath of history's tastiest natural disasters, but there was something comforting in the fact that if they drowned, they would soon provide essential nutrients for you and yours. Of course, everything has its time, and after a while, humankind having been stripped of its primary generators of greenhouse gaseousness, the world cooled down once more. But you needn't have feared for your dinner, there was enough soupsicle for everyone to have a lick. Wanda was pissed. If this story souped you up, you can adjust your chicken noodle and other uncomfortable chunks at the webcast of the Sodium Blast, BewareTheHairyMango.com. Convoy truckingly in the comments for this post, or Billy D-mail me and we'll get cocked on Cult45 at Matthew at BewareTheHairyMango.com, or give it when you're caught from behind at BewareTheHairyMango at gmail.com. Whenever we chugged our brews on the down low, the SF and SF signal used to stand for Sneaky Funnel, the hollow cone that dripped down into the most unusual of places. I didn't even know it was possible to get oil down there, and that's coming from a guy who's 
purposely tried to slick that part up. There will come soft rains and the smell of the ground and tweeters circling with their shimmering sound. Twitter sounds so nice when you're not actually on it, but you are, so follow me at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. I mean, there is a certain nobility in suffering, and that applies to the French Revolution. I'm just saying words right now. I don't even care if they make sense. Here's the math, folks. If the Beware the Hairy Mango website just sits there and does nothing else, it costs at the moment around $270 a year. So donating a dollar is good so that we can inflict this show upon future listeners, or donate $270 and cover a whole year. Let's assume people in the future will want to listen. Maybe they become aware of it in 500 years, and then it takes them another 100 years or so to figure out how this ancient technology works. Taking inflation into account, I think it would be best if you donated somewhere in the neighborhood of $700 million, just to be on the safe side. Thanks in advance for your support. This podcast shimmy shimmies Coco Boppingly to a 33 and a third recording of Does Your Chewing Gum Lose Its Flavor on the Bedpost Overnight played at 45 speed while a generous portion of my listening audience doesn't quite know what I'm talking about, but when you consider that most of the time none of my audience knows what I'm talking about, Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial Share Like 4.0 International License. Until Philip Drummond and Edna Garrett suffer from two different strokes, this will be your overboard navigation system, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, reminding you if anything can go wrong for Gargamel, it will. Smurfy's Law. Good night. <laughs>